Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. We gather for ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered this day in the praise of God for our congregation here in Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and your material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of ministry in our midst, and as the Spirit moves, your presence with us come Sunday. We have come here with anticipation, longing, and hope. Here we are in worship, and here we anticipate in this hour, we anticipate an experience of God, of love, of joy, of peace. We anticipate an experience of God, so that here in the bells rung and the songs sung and the tales told, we might find and be found by that which makes the coming seven days purposeful, meaningful, sensible, livable, and good. For such an experience we have come here this morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. Oh, my soul, praise him, for he is thy help and salvation.
may we pray. O God, from whom all good proceeds, grant that by your inspiration we may think those things that are right, and by your merciful guiding may do them, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, world. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always and also with you. Let us share with one another signs of his peace. Please be seated. A lesson from 1 Samuel, the 8th chapter, verses 4 through 11, and 16 through 20, and chapter 11, verses 14 and 15. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah, and said to him, You are old, and your sons do not follow in your ways. Appoint for us then a king to govern us, like other nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give to us a king to govern us. Samuel prayed to the Lord, and the Lord said to Samuel, Listen to the voice of the people in all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being, in all that they, from being king over them. Just as they have done to me, from this day I brought them up out of Egypt to this day, forsaking me and serving other gods." so also they are doing to you. Now then, listen to their voice. Only you shall solemnly warn them, 
and show them the ways of the king who shall reign over them. So Samuel reported all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking him for a king. He said, These will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them to his chariots and to be his horsemen and to run before his chariots. He will take one-tenth of your grain and of your vineyards and give it to his officers and his courtiers. He will take your male and female slaves and the best of your cattle and donkeys and put them to his work. He will take one-tenth of your flocks and you shall be his slaves. And in that day you will cry out because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves. But the Lord will not answer you in that day. But the people refused to listen to the voice of Samuel. They said, No, but we are determined to have a king over us, so that we also may be like other nations, and that our king may govern us and go out before us and fight our battles. Samuel said to the people, Come, let us go to Gilgal and there renew the kingship. So all the people went to Gilgal, and there they made Saul king before the Lord in Gilgal. There they sacrificed offerings of well-being before the Lord, and there Saul and all the Israelites rejoiced greatly. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A lesson from St. Paul's Epistle to the Romans, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more surely then, now that we have been justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more surely, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life. But more than that, we even boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us say together verses from Psalm 138 with the Antiphon. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted your name and your word above everything. On the day I called, you answered me. You increased my strength of soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord for they have heard the words of your mouth. They shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he perceives from far away. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve me against the wrath of my enemies. You stretch out your hand, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. 
Let us stand as we are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Mark, chapter 3, verses 20 through 35. Glory to you, O Lord. And the crowd came together again, so that they could not even eat. When his family heard it, they went out to restrain him, for people were saying, He has gone out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, He has Beelzebul. And by the ruler of the demons he casts out demons. And he called them to him, and spoke to them in parables. How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand. But his end has come. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his property without first tying up the strong man. Then, indeed, the house can be plundered. Truly, I tell you, people will be forgiven for their sins and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemies against the Holy Spirit can never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they had said, He has an unclean spirit. Then his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers and sisters are outside asking for you. And he replied, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, Romans 5 and 5. At conference over lunch, a pastor from Buffalo told us about children at church camp. One nine-year-old in pigtails chose horse camp last year. I didn't know Methodists ran horse camp. We do. But on, Sunday she, on Monday, she fell off or was frightened or something. She cowered through the week, unable to get back on the horse and ride. 
Her counselor just kept on encouraging. Friday was the rodeo. I guess that is horse camp graduation. All week she wrestled, her fear of falling, grappling with her desire to be in the rodeo. Dawn broke on Friday, as it does. I loved, really loved the way the minister told us about the rodeo. The girl in pigtails put herself on the horse. This was an old horse, a long way from American Pharaoh. The old glue factory mayor stumbled around the little circle made of six orange cones. First, the girl hugged the horse's neck and kept her eyes closed. But then after a while, she opened her eyes, and then she looked up, and then she sat up, and then she leaned back, and then she straightened her back, and then she dug her knees into horse flesh, and then she clicked her tongue, and then she slapped the reins, and the old glue factory mayor plodded along, but the jockey just beamed. She waved to the crowd. She nodded response to her counselor's encouragement. She rode around the circle again and again and again, and she wouldn't stop, and the rodeo went 30 minutes over schedule. And with a little encouragement, a little girl grew up a little. All of us ride better when we're loved. It made me think later that day about encouragement. A few years ago, somebody came up with the idea that the Little League champs should play their dads on Labor Day. A picnic was arranged with watermelon and chili dogs. The right fielder's dad tried not to come. He was just terrible at baseball. First, he said he had to work. Then a trip was planned. Then he felt ill, but his son kept after him. Dad was at middle age, and he had always been a simply lousy batter. Could not hit the broadside of a barn when he was young. And now he was bald, and his glasses were thick, very thick. And speaking delicately, he carried frontside a bit, let us say, of a paunch. And the thought of facing fast pitching made him squirm. And his son, though, was not to be stymied. Dad prayed for rain or a hurricane or untimely death, his, anyone's. But dawn broke on Labor Day as it does, not a cloud in the sky, not a breath of wind, 72 degrees on the Fahrenheit scale, could have been San Diego. Distraught, Dad went to the game. The dreaded moment came, his ups He stood in the box, remembering every strikeout of 30 years ago. He thought of running. He adjusted his Coke bottle glasses, and he sweated. And all of a sudden, from right field, he heard in the full-throated, innocent confidence of his son's voice, Come on, Dad, you can do it. I know you can. And he took a ball and stood tall. I know you can. He took a strike, and he felt a little better. Come on, Dad, I know you can hit it. And over the plate came a fast, straight pitch. Do you know how good he felt to see that little Texas leaguer dropping in behind second base? Rounding first and stopping, he wiped his glasses. He felt good. And behind him, from right field, a whisper, I knew you could, Dad. I just knew you could. All of us swing better when we're loved. After 30 years of losses, one high school basketball team competed in sectional semifinals. It is a mystery how this happened. A team shorter, skinnier, weaker, smaller, and less experienced than nearly every opponent somehow succeeded. They grew steadily in ability and in confidence. They failed and lost, and in this they learned, and sometimes they won, and in this they learned too. 
Every so often you could see, as visible as a cocoon giving way to a butterfly or a snake shedding its skin or a calf standing after birth, one of the players would find himself on the court. It was something to behold. The parents, as ever, attributed all losses to bad officiating and all wins to marvelous genes. And before the postseason, the coach sent a personal handwritten note to every one of the players. He thanked them for their willingness to play. He honestly commended their improvement. He he admitted how much he enjoyed their company. And then he challenged them to rise to the sectional challenge itself. And they did. And he wrote personally to one young man, number 43, on the team, My own son is growing and learning to play ball, too, and when he asks me how to play and how to be, I just say, you look on the court and you watch 43, and what he does, you do. Be like 43. You be like 43. Dawn broke on the day of the sectional game, as it does, and they did win. All of us rebound better when we're loved. One October, my brother and I trained to run in the Washington, D.C. Marine Corps Marathon, around the Pentagon twice, through Georgetown, past every good monument, and out onto the peninsula. The day before, I had breakfast with two dear friends, encouragers they, at the Pentagon City Ritz-Carlton, infamous in another presidential and relational connection. Dawn broke on Sunday, a rainy, cold morning. I thought I was ready. I was wrong. Maybe it was the driving 40-degree rain, or maybe I was just older than I thought. My brother finished more than an hour before I did. I hit the wall at mile 16. In the rain, I was passed by young men, young women, old men, old women, waddlers, cradlers, wigglers, people in wheelchairs, moms, soccer moms, and a man from Denver running backwards. It was not pretty. Somehow, though, I finished. In part, looking back, through the encouragement of anonymous curbside exhorters, I was wearing a red Ohio Wesleyan sweatshirt. It was encouraging to hear a shout, Go, red guy! More encouraging to hear, Keep going, Ohio! Even more encouraging to hear, Good going, Ohio Wesleyan! But most encouraging of all were the occasional alumni voices, Go, Owu! The more personal and the more particular the encouragement, the more powerful it is. And I made it to the Iwo Jima Monument. My son and I bade farewell to my brother, and we drove home. All of us run better when we're loved. At dawn, I was thinking of our president and provost, who were here in worship a few weeks ago. They led and they read in service. Mostly, though, they were present. They listened and they watched. And their presence encouraged us. They had some kind things to say. This week, on email from afar, we received from another a kind encouragement. And in a note this week from a visitor last week, we received a further kind encouragement. They all said, one way or another, good for you. It takes a lot of love to build and maintain the community of faith. A worship service doesn't just happen by accident, magic, or dream. You build it. It takes someone to print the bulletin. Good for you. It takes someone to bake the bread. Good for you. It takes someone to rock and hug babies. Good for you. It takes someone to send notes to shut-ins. Good for you. 
It takes someone to usher. Good for you. It takes someone to write an e-newsletter. Good for you. It takes someone to go to meetings. Good for you. It takes someone to listen. Good for you. It takes someone to speak. Good for you. It takes someone to help others up the stairs. Good for you. It takes someone to recruit someone for all the above. Good for you. It takes work and a decision to roll out of bed on Sunday and come. If you think marriage is hard, try church. A question, respectful but serious for us. How are we ever going to grapple together with the great, tragic, and unsolved problems of our time without real community? How will we find the courage and strength to wrestle ahead with the Sarnaya verdict, with the balances of security and freedom, with police protection and the protection of our urban youth, with the environment and the Middle East and the distribution of wealth and education, without a restorative community of meaning, belonging, and empowerment. For all these issues, the real point of departure, this said with respect and love, is this. Where are you on Sunday morning at 11 a.m.? All of us serve better when we're loved. In similar, apparently and beguilingly simple terms, Paul wrote to the Romans in chapter 5. Our reading today could well be memorized and recited daily for the course of a lifetime. Our reading this morning might properly be printed and framed for the office desk or the kitchen counter. Our reading this Sunday could rightly be imprinted upon the heart written on every human heart. This is the great watershed of the faith of Christ, simply stated for you and for me. For the dying. What dim reflections we find of love here in the dark come from the death of Christ. The great peaks in human history dimly reflect some of this love. Alexander and the glory of Athens, Augustus and the pride of Rome, Michelangelo and the beauty of Florence, Franklin and the birth of a nation. The great peaks of spirits do too. Dionysus the Areopagite, Augustine's mother, Katie von Bora, Joan of Arc, Teresa of Avila. Love is not for the simple only. Love is for the wise. You remember the basic points of the letter to the Romans. Chapter 1, verse 16, the gospel of which Paul is not ashamed. Chapter 2, verse 21, our condition, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Chapter 8, verse 33, hope that is seen is not hope. Chapter 10, verse 9, if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Chapter 12, verse 9, let love be genuine. You hear and receive Paul's basic terms in this central high peak, chapter 5, faith, the gift of God in Jesus Christ, peace, the closeness of faith and the absence of barrier, hope not seen, glory, heaven, yes, but also the full humanity for which we were made, spirit, that which confers and conveys and conducts all the above, and all of them circling around agape, the, the, initiative, the initiative of God loving us into love and freeing us into freedom. 
So Mark 3 similarly acclaims, after its several apocalyptic terms and turns, Beelzebub, demon, Satan, house divided, strong man, the unclean spirit. It is the will of God, the divine love, and love's outworking in life that make us together family. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. Upon this earth, our business, our business here is dying. Life is about learning to die. Call it with the ancient church, meditatio mortis. How are we ever going to manage? Our almost interminable avoidance will not in itself cut it. John Knox, to be saved is to be incorporated in Christ, that is to belong to this new and heavenly order, primarily eschatological, but even now proleptically present, just as the day is present in the dawn. Beloved, it is love alone that justifies. It is love alone that brings peace. It is love alone that provides space in grace. It is love alone that hints at glory. It is love alone that outlasts suffering. It is love alone that is stronger than death. It is love alone that stoops to reach out for the weak and the lost. It is love alone that bleeds on our behalf. And it is love alone that reconciles one to another. To our young adults, our millennial generation, so searingly formed in 9-11 and in the Great Recession, we might say, love alone has the grace and power savingly to soften the inevitable collisions of personal and social life. The first Christians even found in suffering something productive. It was their manner of suffering that impressed others it was their manner of dying. It was Paul's manner of dying, perhaps in Rome, that others noticed. All of us live, and especially all of us die, better when we are loved. Beloved, hear good news. Suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Amen.
Please be seated. We welcome you once again here to the nave of Marsh Chapel and hope that you will take a moment to participate in our ritual of friendship by putting your name and contact informations in the red books found along the center aisle of each pew and passing that book along to your neighbor so that we can get to know you better and help you get to know one another better throughout the coming week. We note that today is a communion Sunday. The station on the pulpit side will have wine and the station on the lectern side will have grape juice. Also, our healing prayer stations are available on the pulpit side of the chapel. We note that next Sunday, June 12th at 9.45 in the morning, BU Today reporter Rich Barlow will be here uh, in, downstairs in the Thurman Room to discuss his recent Boston Globe article uh, reporting on the Pew Religion uh, report on millennials and faith in the United States. We hope that you will join us next Sunday morning for coffee and conversation. As the ushers wait upon us for the morning offering, we invite you to meditate on Francisco Guerrero's setting of Alma Redemptoris Mater. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
for the work before us, for the life within us, for the fellowship among us, for thy love that surrounds us. We give thee thanks, O Lord. Bless these gifts and the givers, we pray. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks. and It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed, he healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. support us all the day long of this troublous life until the shadows lengthen and the evening comes and the busy world is hushed, the fever of life is over and our work is done. And in thy mercy grant us a safe rest, a happy lodging, and peace at the last through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. <laughs>